made these up. Not even real. <laughs> these are not even real players. You're just fucking with me. So hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to NFL. Uh, this week we're going to be looking at our AFC South preview and seeing how we think all these teams are going to get on in the upcoming season. So hey guys, we've got Connor here, we got Harry. Hello. And we've got Ronan. Hello. Actually in person, up from Cork for a change. Yeah. And I believe, magically, he will be up from Cork for the next three or four weeks. That's amazing. <laughs> That's uh, a lot of trips up and down to Dublin. Uh, how are we getting on, lads? Any crack? Yeah, grand. Not too much. We're recording right before, of course, our uh, fantasy league draft. Yes. Um, we like to draft nice and early, so everyone looks like an idiot uh, by the time September comes around. Yeah, it's um, um, ma- maximise the uh, the variation. I think. Yeah. Except absolutely. for Keen Dicker, who is a fanatic a football genius. <laughs> yeah, the guy who knows the least about football keeps winning the league. It's. Yeah. I mean, I it's impressive. Yeah, it is. It is. Just like auto draft that one season. Yeah. Oh, in that other league, yeah, the PPR. That was funny. That was a. Uh, yeah. To be fair, I think it was our first year doing PPR. I don't think we fully understood what the fuck we were doing. Uh, but uh, it should be good. Uh, yeah, it's a sixteen-man league. Uh, we draft live while drinking, so it, it goes interestingly. We'll, we'll put it that way. Yeah, round fifteen gets pretty. It's when like there's a bunch of us who are competing to come up, who come up with the come up with the wackiest draft pick who yeah. isn't on any of the sheets. Yeah, we're going off sheet. We're going off Has sheet. That ever worked? I mean, we've had uh, like Carlos Williams, Ryan Switzer, Carlos uh, Henderson, all this yeah. shit. Like, uh, I had one who did actually make catches and stuff, but just didn't impact at all. It was oh, like Robinson. Wasn't yeah, there, like uh, kind of once there were some injuries got into the lineup <laughs> a bit, but I think at that point I'd already dropped him again. So. <laughs> traditional yeah no it's good uh, so I suppose lads we're, we're not going to do the news we're going to integrate whatever we can into the team sections and we're just going to fly straight into the AFC South so uh, that's the Colts the Jaguars the Texans and the Titans so I suppose we'll kick off with the Colts this time around uh, the big mystery of the Franken look and what will be occurring out of here so big additions this offseason uh, Frank Wright Matt Slauson Quentin Nelson Eric Ebram and Ryan Grant they lost Rashad Melvin Fonte David Dante Moncrief Frank Gore and John Bostic. Uh, this is a team that I think we can all agree for the last couple of years has been just pissing away the prime of one of the best potential quarterbacks to come into the league in years. Uh, they've had terrible management, they've had terrible player selection. They seem to be turning the corner a little bit, but we don't know what the story is with their quarterback, whether they have a defense, uh, whether they have an offense really for for large parts as well so I suppose we'll start with the with the big question at the start uh, Andrew Luck is he alive uh, can he throw a ball I hear he can throw a wiffle ball and he can throw a golf ball and a children's ball or a child depending on what story you listen to uh, he, I heard he can throw a ball that's heavier than a football but not a football yeah he's, he's overtrained his arm uh, he does look huge so that yeah he does actually he looks more like a linebacker in the pictures I've seen of him of late um, so that, maybe Maybe it's just a Photoshop. Maybe it's just like Brian Cushing with uh, wearing an Andrew Luck mask. Um, so the question is obviously, Andrew Luck, do we think he'll be able to play and how will Frank Reich cope with this? Uh, they do have um, Jacoby Brissett as a backup on the quarterback who played okay uh, last year. So they do have an option there behind him. But what do we reckon? Like, I, I suppose we all kind of agree this team lives or dies on whether Andrew Luck is actually playing as as them having potential to do anything, right? Yeah, and Andrew Luck, obviously, the reason he got injured is because uh, the previous GM, Grigson, basically let him get hit a thousand times a season because he had the worst, one of the worst offensive lines in the season, in the league. 
And ironically, since Andrew Luck has got you know disappeared, uh, presumed uh, possibly alive, um, they've slowly but surely built up that offensive line into a pretty good unit. And they've done that again this all season. They drafted Quentin Nelson. They drafted a solid free agent like Matt Slauson. They have players like Ryan Kelly. Like they're. I'm still a bit questionable on their tackles, but at least the interior of their line should allow their you know quarterback a bit of time to actually get anything done. So if Andrew Luck does come back, um, he we know who Andrew Luck is. We know he's very good. We know he's very diligent. We know he'll do everything in his power to try and be. But obviously, if you're in football for like a year and a half, two years at this point, that's going to have an effect. There's going to be a bit of a slow start there. And the other question then is like, who's he actually going to be throwing the ball to? Yeah, because I was going to say they've got Ty Hilton, yeah. and then. Beyond that, I don't know. They've got they've got the um, they've got the tight end, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle, and they've got um, Eric Ebron this season. So. Eric Ebron. Oh yeah, he's great at catching football. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's it, it it is one of those ones where like we could see them making a jump at the quarterback position, but even at that, I'm not sure about the weapons that they have on this offense. Like it kind of brings us a little bit to the to the to the second area of the question. Of, like obviously. For years, it was Frank Gore who was running the rock for them. He's now gone off to Miami to uh, to retire uh, on a vet minimum contract to just try and get his final big round number. Uh, there's a lot of question marks sitting on this backfield because obviously they have Marlon Mack, who I believe is coming off a shoulder surgery. They have um, a rookie that's coming in as well. And they also have another player who's on a four-game suspension, I believe. Um, yeah, the one from Middle Earth. That's the, the yeah. <laughs> no, that's the that's, that's the rookie. That's the rookie. Yeah. <laughs> that's a rookie. Yeah, I think uh, Turbin suspended before. Yeah, Turbin. Yeah. So, like, do we think? Because even even if Andrew Luck is back and the centre line's a bit better, they still need to be able to kind of take a bit of pressure off him, at least in the initial part. Because as you're saying, well, it's been over a year since he played. Well, yeah, and I mean, look, presumably that's that's going to be a, a, a huge factor, especially with you say the deficiencies at a wide receiver that they have. Um, they do have uh, Christian Michael, which is yeah, he's not going to make through camp. But, <laughs> <laughs> remember your, uh, your your brief dalliance. Oh, uh, Christian Michael. Christian Michael, um, only player good enough to play on five teams. Absolutely. <laughs> think, so this is, they have they have two rookies, right? Uh, as well as Marlon Mack, mm-hmm. and uh, they both do different things. So like in Hines, they've got sort of a smaller, shiftier kind of guy who they view as being more of an offensive weapon. Now sometimes that can work out. Take a guy like Alvin Kamara. On the other hand, um, Denard Robinson will be, I suppose, the other end of the spectrum on that. So. It's unclear how it fit in, particularly since Mac is actually quite a good ball catcher and is like a reasonably good guy with the ball in his hands. They also have Jordan Wilkins, who they see as being more of a sort of between the tackles kind of guy. So there's going to be a lot of interest in like, can Marlon Mack run up between the tackles? If not, then you're going to have to give it to a rookie in Jordan Wilkins and see if he can step up and do that job, which is obviously far from guaranteed, given that this is not like a guy who was one of the the, the, the many uh, highly thought of pound the rock kind of guys we saw in this draft. And in Hines, they have somebody who has the potential to be very exciting, and they are hoping it's another, you know, Tarek Cohen kind of thing. But we've seen so many of those guys kind of bust out and not really go anywhere and not be able to find the space to manoeuvre in against professional defences. So it's not very encouraging that there's so much instability in the backfield and that you have a guy like their best running back is Mack, but he's a guy who's shown... Uh, not hasn't shown that he can do everything yet. He hasn't shown that he can be a three down he back. He had ball security issues last season as well, didn't he? He did have some ball security issues, which is the biggest sin that a running back has. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, do, 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 do we want to discuss Shady McCoy? Right? Right? <laughs> I, was say, I, I was just going to say, have you heard Le'Veon Bell's rap records? But I mean. That. <laughs> That also works, but it, 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 it it's quite concerning. And I mean, then obviously guys like Christian Michael, who's bounced around the league forever and never really reached anywhere near what his potential could be in Turbin, who we know we know what Robert Turbin is at this stage. He is like a solid lower-end relief back. 
Um, so yeah, if Luck comes back and they need to take the heat off him, or if Luck doesn't come back at all and they need to give Brissette or whoever some help under center, it's not guaranteed that they're going to get it. Yeah. And that's really, really worrying if you like if it's another year of like okay luck's not there we're gonna stall it's not so much of a problem but if it's like luck's back the window's closing we need to get something we need to keep him safer and we need to give him some help it's unclear if they're going to be able to do that and it's a little bit of a worry what that there is just such a paucity of weapons on this offense in general yeah no of course and if we flip it to the other side of the ball when we look at their defense they lost a number of veteran pieces this year uh now they weren't necessarily the most productive in some parts they weren't getting the pass rush that they were hoping for from some of their older players and that but uh, like i don't know what to make of the defense because we've always kind of we've joked for the last couple of years about them not really having a defense and you know basically just maybe it's the offensive players just running on to 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 to, to play to make up the numbers <laughs> but like i i honest to god i think i'd struggle to 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 name more than maybe two players on this defense at this point i don't yeah. i i don't know what to make of them apart from i'm just going to assume that they are going to be around the same level or worse than what i remember them being uh, or like is there is there anyone on this team now that will make you change your mind on that no not really and i mean if you look at like Clayton Geithers and uh, uh, Malik Hooker, who were their kind of, you know, sort of guys who were meant to fix the safety spots yeah. drafted in the last two, three seasons. Those guys are both going to start on PUP coming into camp. Mm-hmm. And we don't know when they're actually going to be ready and how much they're going to have out of it. So this attempt they've made to sort of rebuild the backfield, we don't know if that's actually ready to go for the start of this season. And in terms of the pass rush, I'm not sure they have at all fixed that problem. Like, there's nobody in there who jumps out as being like somebody who can consistently uh, get to the quarterback. You've got guys like Jabal Sheard and um, Rakeem Nunez Rochas who have kind of flashed some ability in the past, or even Marcus Hunt, but they haven't. The guys, those guys like Hunter who've been with the Colts for season, like they haven't actually shown that they can do it. And guys like Sheard and so on, who are probably their best uh, pass rushing defensive end on the team has never been a consistently high-quality pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure where the pressure comes from with this team. I genuinely don't. Yeah, I think at best it'll be a mediocre defense. I think that's what they're hoping, kind of like Dallas, kind of like maybe a mid-tier defense if the defensive coordinator can get stuff done. But I don't think they're expecting it to be a great defense. I think you know with the Colts, with Andrew Luck coming back, they're hoping that the offense... If they can fix the offense with Andrew Luck, they're hoping that they can do what they did when Andrew Luck came into the league and be competitive, but... I think the defense, they made a lot of changes last season to the defense, both in the draft and free agency, but they were quite quiet this this offseason. Yeah. And maybe that reflects, maybe Frank Wright didn't have a, an idea of what he was doing on defense, because obviously, you know, one of the big things about this team is they got Frank Wright in there as a head coach, but obviously he wasn't uh, the first choice, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if that has any effect on how much of, how much tether he's given. Yeah. as a head coach because obviously you know he's coming in a kind of such a weird situation don't do you think that's a bit of a problem though like I mean obviously you do but it's, it's ridiculous when there's like you've got the Jags who somehow became a high powered offense last season the Titans who became a high powered offense last season and the Texans who when Deshaun Watson were playing became a high powered offense and your defense is we don't care about it that seems like a mistake, right? And the yeah. living when the AFC South was actually terrible. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> they, they, they just haven't evolved. Oh, exactly. now, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, like you said, Andrew Luck will be out there and everything. But to be honest, I'm I'm banking on he doesn't play a full season or he's not back to 100% but, health. Like to be fair, I think they're trying to like I think the template they're trying to run off is the Dallas template. Build that defense, build that offensive line, and hope. I hope. I assume they hope that they get a good running back maybe next year. I think this is a team. I don't think. I don't think even internally they're expecting to win you know, the, the yeah. Super Bowl this season. It's about getting back to a situation of 
having some dignity. No, of course. <laughs> and speaking of which, let's have a look at what we decided that their win-loss total is going to be. So, Harry, you've given them... Uh, a very generous 5-11, and 11, and that's assuming that Andrew Luck is back at some point, but not good. Yeah, I've gone with 4-12. and 12. Uh, Again, I reckon Andrew Luck might not be back. Now, like we said, I, even if Andrew Luck is back, I think that only flares up to like a max of seven wins or something. I don't see this being a team that's going to be able to compete within its own division let alone elsewhere. Ronan? 3-13. and 13. Yeah, we are not <laughs> expecting much uh, of this team. Uh, on to our next AFC South team, the Jaguars, who uh, made it to the championship game last year and unfortunately were knocked out at the last minute. Uh, they have <clears> added <throat> Andrew Norwell, Dante Moncrief, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, Niles Paul and Taven Bryan. They lost Alan Robinson, Alan Hearns, Mercedes Lewis, uh, Aaron Colvin, Paul Puzluski. This is a team that's interesting because... Like you said, there was there was games where they looked like they were a great offense. There was games that looked like they were a terrible offense. But pretty consistently, they had a very strong, very high-performing defense throughout. The question, I think, that always sits when you look at this team is how far can a team go when they are essentially trying to hide or make up for the play of their quarterback? Because Bortles, even when he was good like say that championship game he was great for the first half but then didn't have the ability to adjust to what the defenses were throwing at him in response to how he was playing like is is this something that can be fixed now because Bortles has taken a slightly cheaper deal and they can they can work around that or is this just a spot where Bortles is a placeholder until they can get something in well see this is the thing you say like how far can they go they went to the championship game like that's, made pre- the Super Bowl. that's pretty good they nearly made the Super Bowl like and how far can a team go without a quarterback Trent Dilfer has a has a ring like, teams can win the Super Bowl without a quarterback. It's very difficult, but they, they can do it. I mean, you do have to question, obviously, like, is letting... I know there are injury problems, but, like, Robinson and Hearns leave, or even Mercedes Lewis, who rediscovered himself as a red zone threat mm-hmm. lead. Like, that's perhaps a little worrying, but we did see younger guys like Keelan Cole uh, step up. They obviously have a lot of faith in, in Marquise Lee, who was a first-round pick from a few yeah. seasons ago, and um, I think the other guy there, Didi Westbrook, who also had injury problems last season, but they're presuming he'll make the jump... Uh, this year, I, I, I think that they're okay offensively. Like they, I'm almost like Blake Bortles can't even remember their names, so it's just like exactly. uh, whoever's open. open. It, it doesn't matter. Like this team isn't built to win through the offense. It's built for the offense to be just about good enough, and that's what Bortles was last season. Like he wasn't dreadful, like we've seen him be in the past. He was just about good enough. I was, was going to say, like, does this team because. Whenever I was looking through this for for this as prep, I was thinking like it was making me think back to kind of like like Ravens teams from the from the early two thousands and that where it's like there's there's a functional offense there and there are games where they look good, but it is it is a team built around a a defense with a chip on its shoulder. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's it. Like again, if you have a good O line that can keep things moving, your skill position players don't matter that much if your defense is this mm. good and I think that's the Jaguars have discovered that model works if they can stifle other teams on the offense they can then do enough to grind out wins and it worked for them and I think that they're yes I don't like the fact that they've let like their perhaps top two receivers go but I also don't think it's going to cripple the way they play football and I think that what we saw last season was that this team is well coached enough that on the 50% of games where Bortles isn't like missing on screen passes and stuff (laughs) they can make it work and I I feel like they haven't put themselves in a much worse position than they were in last season. Now, when we look at that, a lot of what they were doing last year was leaning heavily on the run game. If I remember correctly, wasn't there a half of football towards the back end where they had only one pass in an entire half? (laughs) Um, Leonard Fournette 
while obviously running very well, was showing signs of wear and tear during the season last year. He missed a couple of games. He was playing injured. Like, do we reckon that they can use that type of ground and pound attack with the personnel they have, or do they need to bring in additional bodies to kind of rotate here? Because I'm not sure, as good as Fournette is, what we saw last year would fill me with the greatest hope for, yeah, this will work 17, 18, 19 weeks in. And, and he had injury issues. Like, like, he would, like, it was like he was playing through injury for a lot of it, and I think he missed a couple of games due to injury as mm-hmm. well. And that's a major issue, because basically they're, they're running like a fairly... It's a fairly well-known play right now, which is draft the wrong. If you're if you draft a running back up high, like you did with Fournette, you run them into the ground because you probably like by the time they get to their like next contract, you hope you're good enough that you won't be able to pay someone like that. Ah, the um, Lev Bell problem. Yeah, Lev Bell <laughs> could happen. Well, Ezekiel plays at Dallas, so they'll probably pay him. But uh, yeah, Lev Bell basically. And I think with Fournette, you know, it's the second year of his contract, so I don't see them moving away from doing that. The only question is if he can hold up long enough for that. So I think. They've gone all in. They didn't get any new running backs or any running backs of any note. They still have TJ Yeldon basically as their RB two. Mm-hmm. So I think they are go- they are still all in on Fournette. And he, you know, when he was fit, he showed really good stuff. And I suppose they hope that maybe you know Bortles can do more in the air and, and take some relief off that way. But I wouldn't say that they're. I think based on what they did in the off season, they're very happy with what they did last season. And they decided to go even further in. They got Andrew Norwell as their major free agency. That's like a great guard that's obviously mm-hmm. shoring up your run game even more and you know you got Taven Bryan on the defensive side another defensive tackle it's pressure from the defensive line it's run game on the offense it worked last season so why not keep running it I think it's also worth mentioning that um, obviously with Lewis going who is a premier blocking tight end they brought in Niles Paul who is also a very very good blocking tight end and mm-hmm. there's kind of a like for like swap there that's again somebody you want in the run game being able to take on linebackers and defensive ends and make space. So I agree that's the plan. Um, yeah, if Fournette goes down, though, they're in trouble. Like, Yeldon has not ever shown that he's capable of playing at, no. at the NFL level. I think he had, that, he had that one game, didn't he? Wasn't it? Uh, Was it? I think he came in for as, as a cover. And like, oh, maybe it's a scheme. Because I think last year he had one game where he went for, like, 160 yards and two touchdowns. And I was like, oh, is he great? And then the following game was, like, 42 yards. Yeah, <laughs> Corey, Corey Grant is the interesting one, though, because he looked very exciting in limited action. Um, a lot of it on special teams but also actually on the offense um, mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see if they integrate him more as a change of pace back because he's a very very different player from Fournette he's mm-hmm. an outside the tackles guy he's very fast and very shifty so I'll be interested to see if they if they try to u- utilize him more because I feel like they almost discovered him in their team by mm-hmm. accident last yeah. season doesn't sound like a Tom Coughlin player no he doesn't <laughs> too fancy <laughs> Look, look, I'm, ju- I'm just saying, I think there's potential One. that we see Grant yeah. do more because they, as much as they are happy to run Fournette into the ground, it's bad if he gets injured. Yeah. So I think we could see some workloads split, like even an 80-20 split. Yeah. One thing I would say, that they're a little bit light in the kind of safety and linebacker department. They have Barry Church at safety, he's all right. They have Telvin Smith at linebacker, but beyond Telvin Smith, their other linebackers are pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. And they lost plus Glusny, who probably pretty good in the run not not really a coverage linebacker anymore but he was kind of a veteran he was good for 150 yeah. a season like. mm. yeah and he was a jag like he was really into the Jaguars which there aren't that many no, players no. there and thus you're asking those veteran like free agency like, like people like Calais Campbell and stuff like that mm. to take up that role even though they you know obviously they came in on mm. very high, large contracts whereas plus doesn't he I think you know he had the legitimacy of being a jag true and true do, do, <laughs> the, do the Jags have much 
cap space left at all. Because I know they've got a lot I can't of. Imagine they do. Yeah. yeah. No, because because I know a lot of their a lot of the young players on defense are yet to hit those larger contracts yet, so they yeah. might have a bit. No, I'm just more thinking about. And obviously, we'll talk about it when we get to the to the NFC West. But obviously, the the, the current uh, discussions about potential trades from the Seahawks and landing positions. Yeah, like, this would be an opposite conference looking for some more veteran leadership in that so, backfield. Yeah. So they're expected to lose um, Fowler in next off season, and yeah. Ngakwe too. They'll give the money to. But it'll depend what happens this season. Yeah. But like. Yeah, like Jeff. they're like they're drafting defensive line talent. Dave Taven Bryan uh, with Clayus Campbell probably coming more of a defensive yeah. end with that maybe. Uh, so obviously they're they're kind of looking ahead on that. Yeah, it's interesting because this is definitely a team that seems to be loading up to kind of look at the next two years as being their kind of window for keeping this unit together. Uh, and it, I, I, we mentioned at the start, I'm just finding it very interesting that they decided that Bortles is the one that they can so do that with. They have about 12 million in cap space. Okay, so that's, so that's a, bit more a good than, yeah, yeah. A bit more than I was expecting. Uh, so we'll go on to our predictions to this team. So Harry, you've gone... Uh, I have got them going 11-5. I think they'll be good for the two seed, and I have them going right back to the championship game, but not being able to get over the hump again. Fair enough. I have them going 12-4, and four, good for the two seed, and I have them going to the divisional round, but losing out there. I'm going 11-5 and, and being the five seed. I believe they get into the uh, divisional round and losing there. Okay. I was going to say, actually, just as a side note on this team, I am so looking forward to their week one game. They are away <laughs> to New York. It's going to be Coughlin's homecoming. Uh, and they are going to break Eli <laughs> Um But yeah, on to our next team. We'll look at the Texans. Uh, the I believe is it the, uh, the, the Patriots South? Patriots uh, South. What they refer well, to. The Tennessee are fighting for that title now. They are, yeah, they That's are. Uh, so, uh, Sean Watson back from injury. JJ Watt back from injury. Whitney Merciless back from injury. Yes. Uh, Terry Matthew. Aaron Colvin, Justin Reed. Centrai. Uh, Centrai, Henderson, Senio, Calmetti, and... Uh, <laughs> You you said these names just so you can pronounce them, didn't you, Fitz? Like, yeah. You made these up. None of these are real. These aren't even real players. You're just fucking with me. Uh, they lost Bruno Giacomini. Giacomini. Uh, <laughs> I know, Giacomini. Yeah. Chris, Chris Clark, Sue Xavier, uh, Marcus Gilchrist, and Brian Cushing. Brian Cushing. <laughs> um, yeah, this is He's interesting. He's gone to PED heaven now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this is an interesting team a team that showed a lot of spark last season whenever their uh, rookie quarterback was in and then fell off a cliff with injuries about week 5 or 6 so I suppose the obvious question is do we think what we saw in those couple of weeks was A sustainable and B something that they can get back to now because this is a kind of mobile moving quarterback coming off an ACL injury I believe his second ACL injury to his second leg um this is a JJ Watt who has missed games over the last three seasons, uh, has not been able to keep healthy, and maybe might be playing too big for his body frame at this point. And a number of other players coming in who have concerns about that going in. So, do we think this is a team that can put it all together? I don't know if they could, but I want them to, uh, which is probably uh, will be reflected in my prediction. <laughs> like, yeah, there was that window of time last season when Deshaun Watson was basically going all out. Um, and the defense was looking pretty well. It was looking good in certain games, and then terrible in other <laughs> games. But it was it was just an exciting team to watch, and for a team which has traditionally been associated with, you know, workmen like yeah. getting the job done, like slipping into the playoffs and then losing in the yeah. wild card round, or or beating the Bengals. Yeah, or beating the Bengals. But yeah, like that's a big count. Yeah, that doesn't count. TJ Yates, for fuck's sake, <laughs> <laughs> like the Bengals, like a, like the. the, the <laughs> the playoff by but um, like with the Texans 
you bring yeah bring all this talent back who who obviously coming off injury like you know we know like obviously you talk about the downside with these players but we know that Deshaun Watson the things he was doing in those brief windows would have put him on to absolutely destroy the rookie uh, touchdown uh, record that's held by yeah you know I have a differing opinion on that one. yeah um, JJ Watt we know defensive player of the year was it two or three times in a row I think three times in a row twice I think. twice in a row. Yeah. Like one of the most dominant defensive players. I think, he, I think he was twice in a row, and then Von Miller got it the yeah. year after. Or something. In 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 the all modern era, and Whitney Merciless, one of the best defensive ends in the mm-hmm. league, and then obviously um, you have Clowney and you have Clowney going yeah. in there. I mean, that's really impressive um, that Whitney Merciless is one of the best defensive ends in the league when he's an outside linebacker. Well, <laughs> three. I think they play a hybrid. Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm taking this. Um, and then they, you know, they fix. Well, I don't know if they fix their secondary, but they fix the safety position at least with bringing in Tyron Matthew and Justin Reed. Justin Reed was like mm-hmm. fairly highly touted Eric Reed's brother, so hopefully I don't know if they'll have any issues with that. And then Aaron Colvin <laughs> brought in to be kind of like I would be worried if Aaron Colvin was brought in to be their CB two, but he's definitely more of a slot receiver coming in from uh, Jacksonville. And like, there's definitely issues on this team, and the biggest one obviously is the offensive line, mm-hmm. and the other one is that they only have two uh, cornerbacks but that just means that they'll be more fun to watch in my yeah, opinion no particularly in that secondary um, so like I look at this team and I see obvious issues particularly the offensive line and I'm worried but then I'm like I can imagine how good this team could be and I want it to happen and if that did happen, this could be, along with the, the team, the, the Chargers, are the one team that if they truly went on and pushed on, um, could be uh, an absolute force in the AFC and, and break the kind of hegemony of the Steelers no, and of New England. Because the Jaguars, as much as I like them, as long as they have Blake Bortles, I kind of think I'd always favour Tom Brady over... Yeah, no, of course. Like, I will say, the Texans, I'm, I'm with you that I think they can be very exciting, but there's a reason I said sustainable, because when you look at those Deshaun Watson numbers, and they are impressive numbers, when you looked at the tape on it, so much of it was like fourth quarter hurling 55-yard passes and it just being Newt Hopkins pulling them down over people. Like, the way that a lot of those were scored were not what I would consider a sustainable model for, for anything. Like, they, the, it just... I, I would love if it was the case that it worked, but I just have a feeling that it's going to be a lot more but, interceptions. Yeah. If if that was instead of a six game uh, period, if that was a if that was a sixteen game period, we would have seen that but average out. Hang, a lot hang, hang on, hang on, chuck it up to the big number ten is a long established yeah. football tradition. Only, only in Irish soccer. <laughs> <laughs> And like that's New Hopkins' entire thing. That if you throw it into you know, like if there's like a defensive back there, New Hopkins mm. is still favored because that's how good he is. Yeah, no, like, I, I can see that, but I just, I just think that I think that it will average out to a little bit more normality than what we saw in that six game stretch. Like, there's, there's a lot of questions about this team, and this is the thing: is we don't know any of this. All the guys we're talking about, like you said, are, all the big names are coming back off injury. They're like their cornerback situation is desperate. Jonathan Joseph must be about a hundred years old by this stage. Like, I mean, seriously, like they've invested a lot of money in the O line, which is good. All those guys whose names you can't pronounce are O linemen, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I recognize Chantrell Henderson anyway. <laughs> um, and but again, even like Turn Matthew, a guy again, the guy. This is a guy coming back off a, off major injury problems. This team has the potential to be so good and I genuinely agree that it does and I love what Deshaun Watson is doing but we don't know what any of these players are going to look like this year we don't know if any of them are going to have lost a step if any of them are going to struggle if any of them have basically even just rust from the time off oh, might yeah. take some time to shake off and that it makes it very difficult for me to like this team and not to I mean, they're a likeable team but I mean as in to think they'll be better than an average team because I just think there's way too much uncertainty 
um, and way too much instability going on there right now. And even if you talk about is the way they play unsustainable, like forget the offense, because I think there's an element of truth in that. Although we, again, we don't, we won't, yeah, we don't see extrapolate. Also, if you look at a load of the picks he threw, we're in a desperation game against Seattle where he was just chucking it up. So that also hurt his his bad numbers as well. But the defense, we've seen this defense, which is immensely individually talented, has often not played very well as a unit when it's come up against tougher offenses. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that a lot. Now, obviously, the idea of Terry Matthew might be able to fix that, but that's one guy like who can do a very specific role. You're not... This has always been a problem, is that defense has underperformed in big spots despite the talent it has. And again, with the, the, those big names coming back off of... Uh, injury, it's even less certain this year. So I think this is going to be a difficult year for Houston. I think from this season, we'll see how they move forward, but I would not expect any great things from them this year. There's also, it's interesting that this is also going to be quite a, as you're saying, like how they're going to look afterwards, this is going to be a very formative season for a lot of that defense because JJ Watt, I think, is due up for renewal or he can be cut for very little next year. Uh, Clowney is going to be due up for his re up at that point, and I don't think they're going to be able to keep both of them. Uh, so this is going to be a spot where both are essentially playing for contracts, either with this team or with other teams. So they'll both be pushing, and I do think those. Like I say, a lot of hunger and a lot of kind of explosiveness on that defense, but it's a question of, like you say, will they be able to to hold it together? If if there's a lot of injury concerns, a lot of like potential things that could go wrong, uh, you're more likely to hit one if you've got six to six to to hope against instead of two. Uh, what are our predictions for this team then, Harry? So I have them going eight and eight, which again is a function of I don't know. Let's put them at eight and eight. <laughs> uh, hedge my bets, which uh, the way it worked out would be uh, seventh. I think missing the playoffs on tie breaks. Fair enough. I have them going eleven and five because, like I said, I do think they'll play well. Uh, I have them going. Uh, as the sixth seed, but being knocked out in the wild card round. I have been going twelve and four, getting number two seed, but losing in the divisional round. I love that all that chat about whether Deshaun Watson is good or not resulted in a one win difference between. <laughs> the well, no, no, because I, I still think he's good. It's just I think that I think that people massively overstate what <coughs> his season will be. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> but I've said that with Pat Mahomes. I said like Pat Mahomes could throw twenty five touchdowns, but I also imagine if he throws twenty five touchdowns, he'll throw twenty five interceptions. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, we'll get on to them next week. Uh, <laughs> finally, we'll move on to the Titans. Uh, the Titans, interesting case again. Uh, they saw some success last year. They won a playoff game against the Chiefs. Um, there was a lot of questions over what they were going to do with their coaching staff and a lot of. Of misinformation and stuff like that flying around. Uh, they've added in Mike Frabel, Malcolm Butler, Rashad Evans, Harold Landry, uh, Bernie, Benny Logan, and Dion Lewis. Uh, uh, how could you forget Blaine Gabbard? Oh, sorry, Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> Blaine Gabbard's been added as well. They lost uh, Avery Williamson, Jason McCourty, uh, DeMarco Murray, Eric Decker, and Harry Douglas. Um, it's an interesting one because even though they found success, I believe statistically it was not one of the best seasons for Marcus Mariota last year. Uh, so it was a team that was kind of hiding. There's questions over whether or not they knew what they should have been doing with that running game because they were getting great success when they were running Henry an awful lot and getting fuck all out of DeMarco Murray, but were still running him, uh, presumably because of how much they were paying him. They thought we might as well use him. Uh this is a team that I think still, to an extent, lacks an identity on offense outside of, like, sometimes we'll run it a lot, sometimes we won't. Uh, guess which one it's going to be? <laughs> uh, like, do we think this is a year... Because I think this is... Is this Mariota's last year on his rookie deal? Or is it the fourth year with the fifth-year option? I think they have an option. Yeah, they have the so. option, yeah, yeah. So that'll need to be decided soon. But, um, but basically, do we think this is the year that he's going to break out and show... Stuff. He's, he's already kind of won that uh, that uh, Mariota versus um, 
Winston yeah, debate. All we had to do was not molest an Uber driver. And <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Marcus. Well done. Um, uh, but fair, he uh, wins on fair play. I heard a great story about him as well. Uh, read it online. But uh, what do we reckon? Do we think this is the year that he kind of solidifies and puts an identity on this offense, or is he just going to be a okay quarterback who is there? I, th- hmm. I mean, the, ooh, I don't know if those two things are mutually exclusive um, because I really like what they're doing with the run game. Uh, I'll come to that in a second. Mm. But um, in terms of just Mariota's play, yes, we saw problems last season. Um, he got a touchdown from himself, though. He did, he did. Uh, people really liked that. That was... Well, he actually got, he got a touchdown pass from Darrell Rivas. Yeah, I love, okay, <laughs> but that doesn't count. Then. <laughs> but, like, like there, was, there was a bit of a lack of coherence uh, on that offense. And um, Mariota did at times seem like a guy who was trying to do everything himself, including catches and passes for touchdowns. But um, it just seemed a bit disjointed, and the weapons weren't really working out. The likes of uh, uh, Eric Decker and so on didn't really didn't really form a connection. Um, although we did see the obviously the emergence of Rashard Matthews as a legitimate WR one in this league, which is weird, but okay, cool. Fair play, Rashard, good lad. Um, I don't know if he necessarily has to have a massive figuring it all out and becoming a top 10 quarterback type season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, cause, and I don't know what will happen to Vrabel. Like, Vrabel, we're dealing with a guy who was a linebacker's coach before, you know, moving and defensive side. Like, he, we don't know what he'll be like as a defensive coach. We don't know how that will impact the uh, the way Mariota plays and the yeah. change in head coaching. But I think with Derek Henry and now with Dion Lewis, you actually have a properly balanced running attack mm-hmm. rather than Derek Henry... Um, uh, 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 and all of Derrick Henry. Yeah. Well, this, this is the this is the weird thing is that Derrick Henry, like they they sort of misused him for a lot of the season. Like he's not a class. He can run between the tackles, but he's not a classic run between the tackles guy. He's a guy who's much better at bouncing it outside. Yeah. Um, and then Dion Lewis, you've got a guy who's just really really shifty. He can do an awful lot with the ball in his hand. But bizarrely, I don't know if anyone noticed last season, Dion Lewis is quite good at running between the tackles, which makes no sense. So I think they've got a really good balance between these two guys who can do. Between them, more or less everything you'd want from a running back. Whereas with Murray and and Henry, they didn't really seem to know who could fill what role and who could do what better. Whereas here you've got guys who sort of, I think, complement each other's strengths. And that is really, really important when you have question marks about your quarterback's play. When you also have a strong O-line, um, even if one of them is one of the worst people in the league, to run behind... I don't think Mariota needs to figure it out. I think he just needs to have a solid season, which I think he's perfectly capable of doing, mm-hmm. um, and keep up the connection he's got with the likes of Matthews and with the likes of Walker, and, and, and see what see what happens. But I, I, I genuinely think that this team hasn't. Again, this this isn't doesn't. There's nothing on that offense right now that says to me it's going to be worse than last year. Yeah. We saw that last year it was good enough, and at times good, at times not that good. So kind of like the Jags, but with a, a, a lower variance, if that makes sense. Mm. And I think we're going to see the oh, same lower floor. Thing. Rather. Lower floor, yeah. yeah. Sorry, lower floor. So I think we, we, we're going to see that type of thing again, but I think we're going to see that with a more balanced rushing attack. We know this is a team that wants to run the football. Mm-hmm. We've seen that over the last few seasons. That's part of their identity right now. So I, I, I don't see Vrabel moving away from that if he's got any sense given the weapons he has. So I think that's where we're going to see the strength. And that, I think, is why this team is going to be okay unless Mariota, like, absolutely crumbles. I think we're going to be all right. Now, if Mariota gets injured, they are fucked because it was Gallup time yeah. but that's look, that's a separate issue yeah like it's it's an interesting one because like you say there's a lot of kind of up and downs and sometimes they just disappear in games and I like that's what I want to see fixed on this because like you said if when they're on they can play very well like even that uh, that playoff game last year you saw in the first half they were nowhere to be seen in the second half they suddenly went oh wait this works uh, like it was 
it's a team that has that potential but seems to not be able to realise it. Like, do you think, because they've added a couple of veteran players to the defence, do you think that'll help them solidify and be able to... Because like I said, like even within a game, you can see two very distinct halves of defensive play. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for this defence. I think the changes they made are a major upgrade. I think Malcolm Butler um, is a huge get for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you put them in a Dory Jackson and Logan Ryan, like like we know it, we know it very well obviously comes from the New England coaching tree. They saw that Logan Ryan played a very specialised role in his last year in New England, kind of dealing with the physical, with the kind of more physical receivers. Mm-hmm. And then you have like Malcolm Butler now, Dory Jackson, two kind of smaller cornerbacks, but two who have uh, shown very good potential and very good talent. And Malcolm Butler actually talent, and and Dory Jackson had a pretty good uh, first season as well. And then you have Kevin Byard there, free safety, one of the like picks leaders last season, so they're pretty good at safety there as well. And then you look through the rest of their defense, like they got. They bring in uh, Benny Logan to kind of fulfill that nose tackle. Like, mm. you know, I think having a good nose tackle can make a, make a big difference for a defense, particularly in the run defense where they weren't so. Great. So on Benny, but that's probably my yeah. bias. Uh, <laughs> and then you have Jarrell Casey and Daquan Jones there alongside him. So I think that, that's a good front tree. And then you have, uh, you know, you have Derek Morgan and you have Brian Arakpo and you have Kevin Dodd, their first round pack draft pick from last season. And they bring in Rashawn Evans, and the early reviews of Rashawn Evans are that he's already establishing himself as like the next kind of great one. And next good great inside linebacker now it's way too early to tell but if he can be that kind of player then they won't even miss Avery Williamson who was like a solid contributor for the last season yeah. so if I think there's like a lot of turnover but I think all of the players that they brought in are people who I would be fairly excited for particularly Malcolm Butler and I think in particular if they can just fix that secondary which has continued to be an issue uh, which was better last season but had been a major issue before that that makes a huge difference to this team if they can make games close in a sense that they can like, stop like high scoring games then that t- stuff that Harry's talking about with that run game that controls the game if they control the clock and control the game then mm-hmm. I think this is a team that can grind out games and like Vrabel you know he's coming from the New England team like New England is all about controlling the game yeah. and controlling the tempo of the game and I think with the changes they made there's definitely a good chance that that defence can, can hold up their end of the deal uh, I'm pretty excited for this defence I, I think it could be easily a top 10 no of course I think I think that's why where I differ with you guys is that I think there's a lot of could be ifs type of stuff I want to see a little bit more of it happening first before I buy into it but I'm, I'm always eternally down on the Titans so it's uh, it's just the way of things are. Harry what's your prediction uh, I have this team going 10 and 6 Uh, I love what we're doing with the run game I agree with pretty much everything Fitz has said about the defence I think this is a very good team However, I think they are only a very good team and they will go out in the wild card round. Fair enough. I have them significantly lower. I have them with 6 and 10 in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, like uh, from what you say, if, if those pieces click and, and sit in nicely, that'll that'll change entirely. But just I, I don't know if they change that much uh, in my head that quickly. Uh, Fitz? Yeah, so I'm going to go 9 and 7. Obviously, it's a very competitive division based on the predictions I've given elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's still good enough for the uh, last playoff spot at number oh, 6. So and they you've go got three wildcard. AFC South teams getting through. Yes, I'm going. Oh, wow. Okay. Ballsy. <laughs> In no way could this possibly go wrong based on historical precedent. <laughs> Somehow, no AFC South teams are in the playoffs. Excellent. So that's it. I, I, let, let's be honest, lads. If we look at this now, we've all got like one team doing particularly poorly here. But like, if we were, if we were to, if we were to look at, if we were to say this to ourselves two years ago, this is how competitive and how good this division would be. Well, I mean, it was always competitive. Yeah, it was competitive <laughs> in a very different way. It's like who can get to five hundred? Um, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one. Like we said, there's a lot of like because you've got you've got the incredibly strong defense with the Jags. You've got the potential. 
explosive offense of the Texans. You've got this well-balanced but a lot of new pieces of the Titans, and you've got this complete unknown wild card in the Colts. So it makes for a hell of an interesting division. Uh, like please I, don't disappoint us. Please, please don't let us down. <laughs> they all just revert back down. It's like a team that goes <laughs> like six, nine, and one gets through or something. <laughs> in fact, the history of quarterback problems emerging during the season is pretty significant yeah, in this it division. Is, so it, is. Um, it could end up being like Jacoby Brissett. Uh, who's the Jaguars back? Don't he say? Oh, oh God. God. Uh, I, I presume it's, it's, it's not still... Uh, hang on. That's not so Chad word. Henney, is it? No. Cody Kessler. Oh, my Kessler. God. Oh, man. That's worse. Man. We, should do, we should do a review of all second-string teams <laughs> and where we think they'd fit. Uh, but, yeah, look, that'll wrap us up for the AFC South for today. Yeah, next week we're going to be looking at the AFC West, and that'll wrap up the AFC as a total for us. It should be uh, good fun. Uh, so, I suppose, for now, it's bye from myself, bye from Harry. Bye. Bye from Rowan. Bye. This has been all four quarters. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat to you next week.